Baby shark do do Baby shark was is it mommy shark the one that goes next? Mommy shark do 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 Mommy shark do 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 Exactly. Alright. Good morning. It's uh Tuesday, June 9th on the morning brush back. I'm Dan Blewett and I I hope that I've embedded the baby shark song deep within your skull. Uh Bobby, how are you, sir? I'm Good. I'm not happy with you this morning. It's the most infectious little ditty that's ever been diddied. It's, I like I said, I caught it from an Instagram post yesterday. I was just like scrolling through the feed, and uh, which I've been very, very off of Instagram, which is great because I just, I just hate the platform. But I was advertising my little debate on it, so I was scanning through it. I probably spent only like five minutes on Instagram in the last week or two it's been it's been wonderful you should cut ties with instagram it's it's the worst provides no benefits to your life it's hard it's hard to cut ties when you got a youth when your youth baseball program all these the kids are literally only use instagram that's the only thing they know how to use it's sad it's the it's the worst platform right i did see you on instagram a couple stories like you just decided a couple stories i thought you disconnected and here here you are just well, I advertised Instagram. the article. I advertised the article I wrote because I I do realize that that reaches some people on Instagram, and I advertised the debate that I was in yesterday. So that was the only real reason. But I don't so keep it on my phone. I keep it on my iPad, and I don't take my iPad with me. So it's like not. And for whatever reason, I don't feel compelled to like scroll through my iPad. I find it un, an uncomfortable device. So I don't. My habits with my iPad are different than my phone. Which is interesting. Yeah, because the iPad's a two-handed, it's a two-handed instrument. It is. It's annoying. You try to use it as a phone, you're like, oh, this sucks. No, and can't then, do it. Yeah, I, I I had this iPad Pro that I actually used a fair amount when I had a keyboard for it, and then or actually this was a different iPad Pro, and then I sold that one with the keyboard. It was actually really convenient with the keyboard and the little uh, Apple Pencil, which I still have, but um, I just don't need my iPad very much. So anyway. typing, typing on an iPad screen is, is like the equivalent of dropping your phone between the seats and trying to get it with your, like the two fingers. It's so brutal. It really does it's, suck. It really does. Suck. It's, yeah. It's not fast. Like, I'm surprised the keyboard hasn't taken off more for the iPad. The keyboard's great. I loved my, my little, iPad. it was like a one little fold together unfold it you know whatever and then yeah protects the, it mm-hmm. it was it was very convenient i i enjoyed it but i just it just wasn't a major part of my workflow after i stopped doing certain like graphic design things on it i just i didn't really have a need for it so and then you're like well i have this 400 device i could resell so i just got rid of it remind me again are you a mac or a pc guy uh i'm a pc guy now I still have my old MacBook Pro. I only use it to write with because there's a program on it called Scrivener, which is a a word processor for authors, essentially. It's like very, no one's ever heard of it. I, it's one of those things that it's like one of these cult items, kind of like Lululemon was back in the day. Remember when Lululemon wasn't big for guys? Was never, it was and, and you had to, years ago. You had yeah. to have someone tell you about Lululemon clothing for men but they'd be like, dude, these are the best pants. Like, you've got to try it. So then you tried it. That's how Scrivener is. It's this, it's this program, and it's so much better than Microsoft Word. It's, like, unbelievable. But, um, I mean, there's so many. So I wrote my last book in it. I'm writing my next book in it. But basically, you can, instead of writing in just one huge page, which is what Word does, and Word sucks, um, you can make a different sub-document for every chapter, which makes it so much easier just to be on, you know, you flip from one to the next and stay. And then at the very end of the document, you just hit compile and it just like boop, mushes them all together into one formatted book. And you can just export right to Kindle or right to paperback format. It's super powerful. You can tag characters in it. So you could click like, hey, where is Bobby in my book? And it'll like say, oh, he's on page 97, 78, 144. You know, you can like tag people. You can like follow the flow of characters. It gives you lots of really crazy tools to uh, to to piece together these stories. Because it really is hard to keep on top of your book and know: Did I tell that story already, or did I explain that thing about this one character? Have I like 
there's a lots of stuff that you have to figure out. Like, have you described all your characters? Like, where are your characters going? Who are they connected to? All these different plot lines. It's a, it's a really interesting piece of software. So if you're a writer out there, Scrivener is great. Just Google it. Anyway. So you don't like PC? <laughs> well, so, oh, that was the reason I was talking about that. Uh, so my big thing was I do a lot of video editing in my MacBook Pro, which is like a $1,300 entry-level MacBook Pro, which is obviously a good good computer for almost everyone. It just couldn't hack the video processing that I do on a daily basis, working with like 4K footage and uh, export times. Basically, I, I could edit, edit a video, it would get really slow and laggy and choppy. Then when I'd export it, it would take like 50 minutes and my whole computer would be like brain dead while I was exporting. It just takes so much processing power to export a 4K video that it's like, I, I just can't, this like doesn't make sense for my life. So I had to upgrade to a pretty like serious computer. And this is where Apple starts to really suck because the specs, so I have like a $2,000 Lenovo ThinkPad. It's a really nice computer. I got it over uh, in November. Um, and the same specs, like the, the amount of RAM, because I have 32 gigabytes of RAM in this, a terabyte solid state drive. It's got a 4K screen, it's 15 inches. It's a really nice uh, Lenovo. Uh, it was about two grand. And that same computer with the same exact specs from Apple is like $3,600. And you just, at that point, you're just like, why am I gonna, why am I gonna pay double? Like, what's the real benefit, Apple? It's not like your computer has a better screen. Like they have some better features like physically, but at that point you just have to really say, do I really need it to be a Mac? And the answer was no. And I've been, I've been perfectly happy. This isn't like 2005 where windows was like the worst operating program you ever saw. It's pretty easy. And most stuff that you use on a daily basis are cloud-based, you know, they're, they're in the browser. Like all my Adobe apps are almost identical. They're not much different than the Mac, the Mac apps you browse on the internet. It's the same thing, obviously. The settings take some getting used to, but you figure it all out. And I've, I've honestly had no problem. I was a Mac user since I was 14 and I just switched in uh, November. It hasn't been that big a deal. So that's my story. Well, let's stay on the intellectual stuff because those of you watching know that Dan was on the expert summit, uh, debate forum. I'm actually on their Twitter page right now. And I noticed one of my former teammates, Dan Hennigan, shout out to Dan. Yep. He is, said to say hello. Yep. Yeah, was he the moderator? No, he's been more like the behind the scenes. He's been helping them uh, like get the website and doing a lot of the tech stuff. And he's been helping a lot of us. He's He's been integral in the process, but he's not like the, the front man. Dan, great, great guy, former Somerset Patriot. Mm. But um, so, so our own Dan Blewett went on there and mm. by all accounts, absolutely destroyed his competition. If I, if I do say so, um, paraphrasing. Their tweet, not mine. But Dan, how did that go yesterday? Uh, yeah, I guess that's accurate. Um, everyone that knew me that was watching it basically said the same thing. They're like, well, yeah, you obviously won by a lot. Uh, I don't know. I just, so the questions were, the first one was, what's uh, really important about strength training? Uh, should pitchers, or which is more important? Should, should pitchers be trying to get as strong as possible? Or should they be doing more like pitcher specific kind of exercises? So we talked a lot about strength training in general and how pitchers are athletes first. And I talked about how you need to sort of prioritize and fill different buckets. So if you're already pretty big and strong, then you can start to do more power training and all this other stuff. And, and but basically just my overall point was here are a bunch of things that you should actually be doing in the real world if you're a coach or player listening to this debate right now. These are actually things that you should be thinking about as a parent uh, and as an athlete. And and most kids just need to continue to get bigger and stronger for a long time, right? The question of like, should you just try to get as big as possible? The answer is like 100% yes, until you're like actually like a fully built dude. Would you agree with that? I totally agree. You probably, if you're a youth player, you're probably not nearly as big as you need to be. Yeah, no, uh, no, no one is. I mean, big, big has a, couple different contexts obviously but you're you're usually undersized as a high school or even pre-high school uh athlete so yes gain weight get stronger those are very good uh tips for a youth player well yeah for sure and and it comes back to like the periodization model so periodization for those of you listening is sort of the way you you program out so you you do it in different periods periodization so 
typically the linear periodization model is you sort of get in shape first, your general preparedness. So like you do lots of different stuff to get your whole body sort of in shape. Then you start to lift for muscle size, which is hypertrophy. So that's like three sets of 12. That stuff builds your size more. Then when you start to get a little bigger, you switch to power, which is like five sets of five, five sets of three heavier weights that make you stronger, but often don't have the same effect of building your muscle size as big. So bodybuilders stay in the hypertrophy rep, rep range much, much more like most of their life because they're trying to get bigger muscles. Whereas powerlifters stay in the power rep range a lot more. And you can like float between the two, but in general, that's the, the way linear periodization goes. You get into shape, you get bigger, you get stronger, and then you get more explosive. So at the very end, like preseason, you would go to like a power, a speed phase. And so you're trying to apply this, the power that you've, uh, the strength that you built as fast as you can. So that is a, that's like the standard, but that's not really what you'd want to do for a high school athlete who just needs to get bigger. He might stay in the hypertrophy phase for the most part for like four years and you'd undulate, right. you'd undulate the, the reps a little bit. He might not be doing three by 10 every week. It might be like four sets of 10 or four sets of 12, then five sets of eight one week. And he might, and you're going to switch exercises. You're going to do lots of other things to continue to stimulate growth because you can't just stagnate to the same workout for four years in a row obviously but but most kids are if like if you need hypertrophy there's no good reason that we're going to have you jumping around doing plyometrics all the time when you're 140 pounds so that was another just central point but anyway so the middle question in the debate was uh in season versus off season training and how is it different how can it complement a throwing program and i again just gave a lot of tips about you know, in-season training is really hard for pitchers. It's super complicated because you're tired. You don't want to get fatigued. Uh, you want to keep your arm healthy. You want to stay fresh for, for games. But how do you do that? You know, and, and so should you be doing like less weight but still lots of reps in the weight room, which is actually counterintuitive. That's not what you want to do. You'd really rather be doing heavier lifts for shorter reps. So say it's like a five. Say you could, you could squat 300 pounds five times. Um, you would take that 300 pounds in the season and do maybe five sets of two reps with it. So it's a weight you could, you could lift five times, but you're only going to do it twice because it really stimulates your body. It makes it work really hard, uh, recruiting a lot of muscle fiber because it's heavy, but you're only doing it twice when you could do three extra reps from that. And so then it keeps your muscle size up. It tells your body don't, don't start to atrophy because we still are lifting heavy weights but you're not going to fatigue. You're not going to exhaustion with these really heavy weights where then you start to get tired for your game. So that's typically the way you do it. You tend to do more of that because your goal is to prevent this slow decline of uh, your strength over the season because it's a slow decline for everybody. Right. So we just went through a lot of that stuff. Then the last question was, uh, should kids be allowed to call their own game? And I just went into super rant mode. So, so yeah. Which is awesome. Well, nothing like is, a good nothing like a good rant to bring it home, you know. Well, those of you those of you that have listened to Dan rant on this podcast know that he does not want your kids uh, getting pitch called by the coach for developmental reasons, specifically because mm-hmm. that needs to be stressed. Mm-hmm. That needs to be stressed. Yeah, and I I still just there's so many reasons I have a long YouTube video about this. So if you want to listen to me, bore you about pitch calling some more, uh, jump on my YouTube channel, but it just, it just makes more sense to let kids do it and just talk to them, teach the catchers, teach the pitchers, teach them what to look for and then let them do it. It, it, You don't coaches aren't getting better Intel from the dugout. Even if you're, you could definitely call a better game. Like I could for my 15 U players, obviously I would call a better game for them. I still don't like my ego doesn't need to be in that transaction. Like who's to say that me calling a better game is, is going to make us win the game. You're going to win a game on so many other factors more than pitch calling. Right. Like get us six runs. If our pitcher just doesn't walk more than three batters, throws strikes and competes, we'll probably win. Whether I call the pitches or, or, you know, a donkey calls the pitches or we get a bingo machine and call the pitches. Put up Who's six, this donkey calling pitches? No, a literal, don- a literal donkey. Like, we make some system where a donkey, just like, if it eats, maybe give him three buckets, and on every pitch, if he eats out of this bucket, then it's a fastball, eats out of that bucket, it's a curveball, whatever. Donkey system. Just straight up curveball. It's a curveball game for the donkey today. Yeah, yeah, just 11 curveballs in a row, whatever. 
So I feel very confident saying that Dan destroyed his competition. And I say, I take a little bit of satisfaction in that because it's mainly me. You've been Dan, owning me. Yeah. Well, Dan, Dan goes on rants minimum twice a week on the podcast to, where it's, it's poignant attacks on myself usually. So to <laughs> see somebody else have to, have to wear it, I don't, I have no sympathy for you, sir. Well, it was, uh, it was actually not contentious at all. It was really, it wasn't as much a debate as it was. I said my thing. He said his thing. I said my thing. He said his thing. It certainly could have gotten there, but it just didn't. You know, like if we want to go back and forth about stuff, we could. If I wanted, if I really wanted to attack his points, but honestly, he didn't make any strong points. He just sort of talked about the kinetic chain and his sort of stuff, and there wasn't really anything for me to like disagree with. He just stayed completely like in Iceland while I was in America. It was just like I don't know. We weren't in the same area with what we were kind of, you know. So. Um, but Robert, what's the deal? So we're going to talk about, if you're just joining us, hello, this is the morning brushback. Thank you for being here. Uh, if you have a question or some a topic for us, YouTube and Twitter Periscope are open. So feel free to leave us a chat. Um, also while we're doing like our little morning announcements, we have chilled milk today. And, uh, what else do they usually say on the school stuff? Every day they say chilled milk. Why do they say chilled milk? As if we like, do, does anyone assume that when they're selling milk, it's room temperature, or that you've left it out? Like, why do they have to tell us it was chilled milk every day? Because if anybody was up in the air, no, nobody wants unchilled milk. So you just you push it. It's like kind of how you sang Baby Shark. Like you're conditioned. Do 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 Baby Shark. Do 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 do. I'm just trying to embed it in your brain. Yeah, so chilled milk, uh, but I have two little announcements. If you're a softball person, which is probably none of you, I have a new softball podcast called The Good Advice Softball Podcast. It's on iTunes and wherever else. I also have revived Dear Baseball Gods, not to replace the show in any way, but it's mm-hmm, just a, it's just a mm-hmm. quick it's just a quick bite. So like 15 minutes is my goal or less, and it's just topical like holding runners jump on there, listen to my spiel about holding runners. Then there's a little mindset uh, segment after that, like two-ish minutes. And then at the end is a question. So I've asked listener questions to submit to me a voice a voice recording, and then I answer it. So I'll three, bet you've three gotten segments. some really good. Did you get some really good voice questions? This guy, I'll bet this, you got some this really- guy Bob sent me a yeah, great one about curveballs, <laughs> um, which is in episode two. So if you want to send You're me a voice, a voice question, I would love to get a voice question for my other podcast, hello at danblue.com, email me. All you do is go to the voice memos on your phone. It's very easy. I'll put you on my podcast. Yeah, I'm actually at the, mer- I'm at the mercy of you people. I need more of them. I've already recorded two episodes of each, and I need no, don't more worry. questions. I will be I will be submitting. As, as much as I was emotionally Just, distraught seeing you join up two different podcasts, I do take a little bit of comfort that I can submit a question mm-hmm. and that question could be the only question you get. So you have to use it. This is true. No, but I did this because for two reasons, number one, the softball community is still completely under underserved. Repre- underserved. No if you Google, go on right now, if you're out there, go to iTunes and Google soft, just put softball into the podcast search. It's embarrassing. There's like 10 podcasts that come up. Five of them are dormant, so they haven't released a new episode, and it's clear that that show just ended. And the other ones are like, I'm sure there's a couple of good ones, so don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not criticizing anyone, but then a lot of them are just like the worst cover art, or they're very topical. There's one about like Florida State softball, which is great, but it's not... Go Knowles. There's a million baseball podcasts about any topic that you want. There's like 20 player development podcasts, there's all these coaches, and there's literally none of that on the softball side. It's baffling. There's one that seems, the, the one of the more popular ones, it seems like it's about softball mindset, which is great. Again, not criticizing it, but there's just like a dearth of softball content. So I'm like, screw it. I'll make a short podcast and just give out advice. I got plenty of it. Talk about the you know, same thing. It's it, literally the same format as Dear Baseball Gods. So quick topic, talk through it, give you some advice, mindset thing. Q&A and done and I think it's valuable so, so for people that want to listen to it it's out there but it's definitely not replacing our talk radio not replacing hey it. there you go well I do like the, I like the concept of like the short form like 15 and 20 minutes because it kind of uh 
it collects all your videos into one spot. You know, it, you can search an episode. And like you said, if you have a, if you have a question, you can actually get poignant feedback as opposed to searching, you know, my question to Dan, you guys may see is, was about youth, youth curveballs mm-hmm. where I can Google curveballs and I can Google a bunch of YouTube videos about how to teach a curveball or whatever, but it's not necessarily poignant to age specific or, you know, the amount that of stress maybe on the elbow or whatever, however Dan might answer the question. So it's a kind of a good way to get a little bit of a medium form feedback as opposed to like a quick email or a, or a long video that might not be specific to what you're asking. Well, and there's also, there's a baseball podcast, which I am going to be critical of, which I'm not going to name, but there's name one that's, it. there's one, no, there's one that's very short form because I respect the, I respect the guy who does it, but um, it's very short, like five to seven minutes per episode and it's topical and it's just bad information. The guy just doesn't really know what he's talking about. And I'm like, okay, this is an interesting format. Like I could scan through this. Cause again, it's just like questions that are like, oh, okay. What does he think about holding runners about this or about analytics or about that or about that? And then I listen to a bunch of them. I'm like, this guy just doesn't know what he's talking about. This is just junk. This is just like not, this is just junk advice. Unfortunately, and I'm like, I'm going to do this better. Sorry. So, so world, I'm doing it. I'm doing that better. Um, and of course there's, everything's been done, but it's just like, yeah, let's, let's give you actually good information on some of these topics. The one, the only podcast I've heard that's, have you ever heard Mike Rose podcast the way I heard it? Yeah. I think Mike's talk about this. Mike's great. Yeah. He's awesome. So Mike Rowe, the dirty, dirty jobs guy he's actually got quite a background. If you, if you research him, he's got a very interesting interesting background. But he does these the way I heard it podcast. Num 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 his little yeah. music. Yeah, it's, they're it's like five to eight. They're like five to eight minutes long, and he doesn't. He gives basically like a you know the first four and a half minutes are the story of this person, and you're like, oh, this is a very interesting person, and he reveals who the person is, and you're like, what the? You have no idea what's you know. It's a little bit of a plot twist, but they're short and they're, they're like, you can run through them and mm-hmm. it's kind of like, it's kind of like keeping you know music on in the background, but interesting story. That's the only podcast point being that I've heard that's between five and 10 minutes that I'm like, Oh, this is, this is interesting enough to hold me for that amount of time. And I want to listen to the next one where it's like you said, there's bad information out there anywhere. Like don't, don't get me yeah, wrong. You, sure. You're going to, you can, yeah. any sports, like you're going to go find, terrible information on youtube and it could be 30 seconds could be three hours yeah for but sure like you said your guy's giving you know he's answering questions and it's like just throwing crap against the wall hoping somebody thinks it's uh worthwhile yeah no micro micro's podcast is, is great he writes those stories out so they're yeah they're never more than like 10 minutes because uh what is it typically it's like 150 words a minute i think that you speak so these are probably like 1500 word essays that he writes and then he, then he reads them out and yeah, they're clever. They're about a person. Like you said, they, you don't really know who they're about till the end. It's a kind of plot twisty and Mike has a great radio voice. He just has a super like deep booming voice and he's been on TV. That's why he's like a, he's like a voice actor on TV as yeah. much as much as he is in like actual shows. Like he narrates tons of, uh, doesn't he narrate the deadliest catch? He narrates a ton he's, for lots of different like discovery type programs yes. and stuff like that. He definitely he definitely narrates a lot of discovery stuff. Deadliest catch. He does like their special shows, like if they're doing a you know a overcat overview of some show, uh-huh. he'll narrate that. Yeah. But he's really I mean he's really good. Like the guy's got yeah. plus thirty jobs is a great show. What a concept. Just it, w- it was a go, good show. Go swim in knee deep full of actual feces <laughs> and yeah. let's talk about it. Well, and to your point, that was what he was known for by most of the mainstream people. But like you said, he's actually like a really thoughtful, super smart guy beyond just being like a, the dirty jobs dude and like a narrator. Like that, and that was what I first discovered from that podcast nope. is like, man, right. this guy can really write. He's a really good storyteller. He's super just smart in general. Well, so, his background yeah. is opera, opera singer. Oh, is it really? Yeah. That. He's a former opera singer. I don't know how he transitioned into following around a plumber, but. I have heard his story. I can't remember what it was, but I know he like, I heard his story before and it was, it was on another podcast, but, um, the way he got into showbiz was, it was kind of like a lot of people did back in the day 
And because uh, do you know Andrew Zimmern from Bizarre Foods? Yeah. Guy eats all the just like the grossest stuff in the whole world. Oh, yeah. His this seems to be like a similar thing with a lot of like TV stars who are in their like 50s or like late 40s, 50s now where they just like interned or just like say, hey, I'll do whatever you want at a lo- local TV station, essentially. And then they had some talent. They worked really hard. And suddenly, like, hey, we need, like, a fill-in. You want to go on TV? And they're like, let's do it. And then they, like, made good on their chance and then just get more opportunity, more opportunity, more opportunity. Because th- I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. Mike Rowe was on the QV- was on QVC, actually. I think he was working for QVC. And then he got, on, right. he got on late night QVC. And then it just grew from there because he was good. Like, he could just do his thing. And that was how Andrew Zimmern, like, got his first like his first bit was filling in for someone who had canceled and he got like two minutes on the air which was like an eternity he said and then from there it just grew and he started pitching ideas and because he was already on tv and like doing a good job people listened to his ideas and then got a show and then show takes off and then there you go that's how it kind of worked i don't know if that's how yeah. it works today as much maybe it still does i don't know but that's how it worked 30 years 20 years ago for a lot of guys that's how it and, worked and, on this and podcast gals. we're stars now yeah I know. I just, I can't. I'm, I gotta. I can't answer. Keep up with all these emails for requests to come on shows and TV spots. It's just people, please. I know. I know. We we're we're gonna get there and figure out what this show is. What it is. Well, when just and, and when baseball amazing. comes back. When baseball comes back, I think this is gonna really take a nice turn. I think everyone's struggling for content. We don't because we're just hilarious, but. Um, we really don't struggle for that much content as much as I'm sitting up at 6.30 in the morning browsing Twitter, wondering what the hell we're going to talk about. Yeah. Mike Rowe. Well, and that's part of the reason for my my other podcast is I don't get as many YouTube videos out as I want to because I try to produce them and make them decent quality rather than me just talking to the camera. And so with the podcast content, the short stuff, I was like, I'm not going to video it. I'm just going to sit down at my mic, bang it out quickly edit it i already pre-recorded like my intro exit my music my transition bits i'm like this is something i can do consistently and easily and quickly and still have it be good quality without like over complicating it and me trying to like make it a big thing mm-hmm. and because like i have my whole podcast set up i'm better at broadcasting um so just that that was sort of why i made the decision to start those two podcasts which are just really easy for me to just like boom do it give out good content to people and be on my way. That's, I kind of just needed like a quick win kind of form, kind of like thing. So that was part of the reason too. So yeah, I did my first Facebook live on recruiting and it had a few hiccups. Like I had to do it for my phone and, but the content is out there now and it keeps getting more and more views just mainly from, I'm sure parents that I have or, you know, it's the headband. It's the headband. It's I is this, this going to be for forever? I mean, let's let's talk about. I'm getting that. a haircut. I'm getting a haircut today. I'm getting a haircut today. Your hair's so, not that long, Dan. This is like I don't. People tune in to see like this mug. You got to give them the. You know, you got to give it to them at A plus every day. I'm not sure. at A plus. Okay, sorry. Back to Facebook Live. No, just the Facebook Live. It's just. I was searching, I, I even texted you, like, how do we, how do we zoom? Cause I mean, anybody watching the brains behind this media is not me. It's Dan. So I was trying to figure out how to broadcast to a bunch of people that they could just watch it without having like join in kind of how we're doing now. Mm-hmm. And Facebook live just seemed like the easiest platform to do it on. Um, and it was easy. Like I logged on, but I was trying to have someone join with me that didn't go off so well. Um, so, I know Instagram live is another way like kids use it. It's just trying to find a, the best medium to have parents, kids, everybody to access it. And I was just rambling about, about recruiting and I had some people typing in questions. I was kind of answering them as we went, but yeah, I mean, it's anything I put out there is not going to be, you know, look really nice, like studio quality. It's kind of how your YouTube videos are, but well, at could. this point I'm just trying I'm trying to get out content just so people can access it, you know, easily. And that was mm-hmm. Facebook Live seemed to work really well. I mean, your your content could. You just have to spend a little money. That's all. Just takes time. Zach Zach Clark is watching. Zach, hello. He he says, I heard you're going to run for mayor of Chicago. True or false? Zach, hundred percent true. You know this. 
Yeah, you you would not have handled this uh, situation well if you were mayor. The city, the city would still be burning somehow. Even though I all the buildings are made of concrete and steel, it would have every building would have caught fire somehow. I don't know if anybody handled this well in any city. Um, Mayor Chicago, Bowser, Mayor Bowser for sure handled it well here in DC. Is that, for, is that sure, DC? for sure, yeah, she for sure handled was, it well. Was anything burned to the ground? No, I mean, and a mayor can't control everything. Like the the cops can't be everywhere at once. Like they can't no, do I everything agree. once. Like I she. Agree. She gave consistently clear messaging. She was constantly on TV giving good advice. She didn't hide from the media. She didn't lie about anything as far as, I mean, she was very just giving people the answers she wanted to know. She stood up to Trump where she needed to. She advocated for people, for safety, for the city. I don't, I don't know what else you'd really want from a leader. I mean, I don't know. I mean, DC a lot is back- a weird one because you are in the backyard of like, like you're not, you're a city, but are you, basically it like is, a, it's weird yeah you're not like, you're not you, a state we don't have a governor right she, right she's essentially the governor is the mayor and what was weird was and i'm sure you're privy to this but like trump was calling in all these like national guardsmen from like different states and she's like i don't want them here in my city like and she was writing letters to them go away we don't need you we don't need a military presence in our city well and so she was battling that's the thing another right? governor essentially i was saying she doesn't have a she doesn't have a higher up to like no. make those state decisions for her. So is it the president? Is it like the, do they have a Senator? I don't think they have senators, right? DC. Like they don't have two senators that. No, that's why, them. that's why on the license plates in DC, it says taxation without representation. We don't have congressmen. Right. There's no, so, like it, so in, so in Chicago, it's, I, I was, I'm critical of our, of the mayor, but it's more so like I don't expect her to control everything going on in the city. Like it's we live in a big city. I live in the third largest city in this country. It's very expansive, not only in mileage and space, but in people. So it's she hasn't been at the forefront of like communication. Um, she's been I feel like she's been critical, like she's been critical, off the cuff critical, like she. I feel like her response is like she got into it with an alderman, um, an alderman that they they clearly have a history. But at one of the council meetings, this alderman brought up the fact that like our you know our neighborhoods are getting destroyed. Like we need we need help. We need this. And she basically brushed over his question, caused a lot of internal unrest. Like words were exchanged on the floor of city hall. Um, so Chicago's a whole different story. But yes, Zach, I will be running, and I feel like after the last six months in Chicago. I don't, I think we'll have a new mayor regardless in 2023. So it might be mayor Stevens. This podcast could have a whole different name. Still will be going though. Well, I mean the thing with, so the thing with Bowser, which was different is that, I mean, imagine obviously there's a dynamic between mayor and governor, right? So there's de Blasio in New York and then there's Cuomo. So they can, Blasio can do some things and Cuomo can, override him on other things that's essentially how it's been in dc where bowser controls the city but the, yet trump has influence because the white house is in dc so right. that's where it's been confusing but i mean the thing with being a governor or the mayor is you have to make decisions and it has to be delegated to people and so when you talk about like our neighborhoods on fire the governor or the mayor makes decisions, but ultimately it gets delegated to the police. And like, did the police chief take care of it? At some point, sure, at the top, you're responsible for everything. But at the same time, it's all delegated and you have to trust people to do their job as well. And so there can be major failings in the chain downward, you know? Does DC have like, Chicago has aldermen, so there's 50 wards, Uh 50 sections. Does DC have that? Yeah, there's eight wards. I think that's like a much more prominent form of governance because there is no, there's just the mayor. And then I think, I don't know what the, I know there's councilmen below that. I think those are like the main two structures, whereas there's probably more structure in other cities where there's a governor and other stuff. I don't know. I don't know all, all the details yeah. of that, but, but yeah. So, been- yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, and people are like talking about New York, they're like showing, you know, images of, you know, looters just undeterred, like no cops around. It's like the idea that the cops don't care. I just think at some point, like how big is New York? 
can they be everywhere at once? Is, no. Are there enough police to be everywhere? They're just it's just not realistic. I don't I don't know. No, it's not. I and, mean that's that's a situation where you have to like you're not calling in the national guard because you want to put the people under some kind of military control. It's like the police just need help. Like they need help. There's not enough people. You know, pick one. You have no, not enough help, and people are mad that their property, personal property, might get destroyed. And then you have too much help, and it feels like you're under military control. So I mean, I don't yeah. know if there's a there's not a perfect solution. Obviously, no, there's it's complex. No, nothing is normal about what's happening in the last, you know, three months. There's been nothing normal about this. So I well, don't know. I mean, every yeah. decision is going to be Monday morning quarterbacked. But well, and with the because uh, there were some. I saw some of this on Twitter. People were like, oh, yeah, like some cops saw some looting and they just like kept going. It's like I saw one video on Twitter of someone taking it from like their, you know, eighth story, you know, balcony. And there's people downstairs on the ground floor just going in and out of buildings, just like 50 people on the ground just looting and just doing all of this crazy stuff. And it's like, all right, if you're a cop and you pull into that road and it's you and your other buddy in that cop car. Do you get murdered if you go try to like stop that looting? Just two of you against fifty people, a huge mob. Like, it, it, I don't know police protocol by any means, but I assume that there's they're like, hey, hey guys, like there's a looting, there's a lot of people. Uh, what do I do? It's like, hey, we can't give you any backup. Okay, well, what should I do? Well, let it go. You know, like I, yeah. I, there's there's definitely a point where, I mean. Is a that's just a becomes a potentially deadly situation for the cop maybe where he could just be just beaten senseless, trying to protect a building from property damage, because he doesn't doesn't have any backup and it's only just one of them or two of them that might be a situation where their higher ups be like hey you just gotta let it go, like go somewhere where you can actually, you know, be on a two to one or one to one kind of fight and actually do something. Especially now, where your your cops are under heightened microscope about everything they're doing. There's video cameras all over them. I mean, not that they're going to do anything bad, but if I can only imagine if it was like you said, if there's ten people and I'm the only cop there, like, yeah, I'm this probably was probably going to draw my gun and just just out of safety. Yeah, and it's that's a very probably bad not the right. To be in. It's probably yeah, it's probably not the right thing to do to just draw your firearm on a group of people, whether they're being, you know protesting or they're rioting or whatever like you feel like you're in danger when there's 10 people that clearly are out because they do not like you or people that wear your uniform or whatever yeah so it's it's just complicated like you hear reports like that like oh the cops aren't doing their job like it's just complicated you can't be everywhere at once there's clearly cops that have done a lot of bad things there's clearly cops that really care that are obviously they're still people so i don't know it's just the whole the whole idea that the governors and then the police force can control everything in every city is just it's just clearly not how it is. Just like we the no, people right. could take over the entire country and at any time if we wanted. There's too many bodies not to. We should. You know. Well, you have Anarchy. to make someone the the mayor, but yeah, no. Well, <laughs> at least put me in your cabinet so that I can help you make sensible decisions. I would I would absolutely surround myself with different people because you as much as much as we argue on this like i like to throw topics out even if they're absurd just to hear some different thoughts on them like aliens like go let's see what's let's see throw it at the wall see what sticks i want to hear different yeah why don't aliens have beards why don't aliens have beards why because they've evolved they've evolved into hairless beings like they've evolved you can't fly through space with the friction of body hair. <laughs> the friction of body hair. Have you? Wow, <laughs> that's a quote right there. You can't fly through space with the friction of I'm body hair. You. Gillette, you the best a man can get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to our unofficial sponsor, Gillette Mach Three. Wow, wow, uh, that's, that's this quotable. Is, see, how would you ever get that quote if we weren't just throwing things at the wall? I mean, that's a that's a special one right there for sure. That one's right. uh, you're yeah, welcome. Learn a lot. Um, so we've got about <laughs> 20 minutes left in our show today. We're going to wrap it about an hour. Um, what's the latest on Major League Baseball? There is no latest. It's gotten to the point where it's in a June nightmare. 9th, it's a nightmare. It's Major League Baseball has made themselves look terrible and saving face is impossible anymore. Like baseball's not even top of mind. Now we're talking about 
football getting started up. We're talking about the basketball playoffs. Like they did not take the lead and run with this. And there's blame on both sides. They just haven't done They have not done enough to show everybody like, hey, we're trying to, in a good faith effort to make this work. They're arguing in public. There's no leadership on the player's side from the union. The owners never have enough leadership. Their leader is essentially the commissioner. Uh, and it's a money. It's always everyone assumes the owners are the bad guys, but the players have not done themselves any favors. So I don't see I don't even know what the latest proposal is. There's somewhere between 50 and 114 games. Apparently. I've got it. I've got it. So we can go through it. You ready? Please. Yes, please. Uh, MLB's latest proposal, uh, courtesy of Jeff Passan. So follow at Jeff Passan. He's a great source of for ML, writer for MLB. 76 games, or ESPN, sorry. 76-game season, uh, which leaves $1.4 billion in potential compensation, which is 75% of the full prorated salary uh, of two billion over 76 games so they're basically saying to players we don't want you to get your prorated salary but 75 percent of your prorated salary up to up to eight playoff teams per league which is half of the field which is very i hate that um no qualifying offer for 2020 teams that lose free agents receive a draft pick blah 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 and then spring training lasts 21 days. Season starts July 10th and September 27th. And there's a bonus pool of $50 million for postseason teams to split up. Players deemed high-risk individuals can opt out of the season and retain their salaries and service time. Players not deemed high-risk would receive neither salary nor service if they opt out of the season. And, yeah, so... Players so just want their prorated salary. That's what they want. Yeah, players want their prorated salary. The The high-risk thing is interesting because let me just relate it to guys getting, like, prescribed Adderall. Like, there's a lot of professional baseball players that will get Adderall that don't necessarily need Adderall. They'll yeah. just get it. Um, sorry to burst anybody's bubble out there that didn't, didn't know that or thought that everybody was kosher in professional baseball. Um but who's high risk? Like, I just saw a report that non, like asymptomatic people, apparently according to the World Health Organization, cannot transmit this uh, coronavirus now. So are wait, say it again. I saw a tweet that said asymptomatic individuals for coronavirus have a. I let me. I'll look up the wording, but do not transmit this uh, virus. So like, that I don't. Seem, that seems. Not true. I'll look it up. Right? I'll look it up, Dan. I'll look it up. I'll look it up for you. But in any case, who who's determining who it like? Are do the teams have special people who are employed by the owners to determine whether or not you are Doc, uh, doctors, <laughs> special people, probably doctors, right? But if you but you're gonna you're gonna side with who pays you, right? So like, does the union get a doctor and the team get a doctor to decide? Because you're gonna find doctors that'll agree with you regardless. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm just I'm just talking out loud, obviously about I don't know what the details are going to be about that, but it's it still seems like a far way off. I mean, you're just it just seems too far away for each other right now. So I don't know. Yeah. We're a month away from that opening day, but at the same time, that it, spring training needs to start now. Yeah, it would be it would be cool to have baseball back, but. I don't know. It doesn't seem likely at this point. The players do not want to do it. The players have, uh, what did Sean Doolittle tweet? There's social unrest in our country. And Sean Doolittle is one of the, like the spokes. He's like one of the, the higher ups in the MLBPA. He's obviously an active pitcher for the nationals. Um, we've been staying ready. We proposed 114 games, uh, blah, 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 blah. It's frustrating to have a public labor dispute when there's so much hardship. And, so yeah, I don't know. Here's so. a here's the quote, Dan. Uh, Asymptomatic spread of coronavirus is very rare, says the World Health Organization. This is a this is a CNBC. Since when do you trust them? I thought you said they were. I don't trust them. Go but back, they're mainstream. You go back and forth here. Okay. So I don't. I don't trust them. Wait. So are you, so are you saying that mainstream is good now? Let's let's mark this moment in history. I am saying. saying you, is this a credible, saying, this is a credible source, Robert? 
I'm saying that the source is out there. So uh-huh. who I again, I'm on board that that like that is was true beforehand. I didn't. So if I it's mainstream it was, and you like it and you agree with it, then it's then it's good. Then it's good information. If no, it's mainstream if it's, and you don't like it, then it's bad information. Is that right? No. Help me. If it's if it's proposed, it's the World Health Organization is looked upon as a leader in this. Hmm. So if they're saying it, the majority of the public takes that as fact. Whether or not it's, I believe it's fact or not, that's irrelevant. Hmm. So. Well, I'm, I'm asymptomatic. Is, I'm available to come cough in your mouth anytime you'd like. I, well, I can, I, I can, I can spit, regardless. I can spit, I can spit in a cup and mail it to you. I'm asymptomatic. Right. So you have a very rare possibility of spreading it. Mm-hmm. If you have the coronavirus, have you been tested for coronavirus? No. I heard the test is very unpleasant. Oh, I've heard that too. They it goes the, really far up your, into your brain. brain yeah. My brain. wife had to, my, my wife had to get one. Jenny had to get one because she had to go to the, like before you can go to the doctor, you have to get coronavirus tested. So she had to go get one. It was very, she said she did not like it. How fast did you get results back? Um, they post them within 72 hours. Hmm. There's walk-in testing today and Thursday, uh, like down the street from me. I could go get it, but I don't feel compelled at the moment. I, I probably will at some point, but I went to the, the DC protest on Saturday wore my mask so, which hey good for you uh yeah walked through observed stayed around listened for a little bit and then walked back but um wearing a mask outside when it's hot it was like 85 oh. degrees is very unpleasant and uh the idea that kids are gonna have to play their baseball seasons wearing masks is absurd it's it's a very very silly idea yeah, the only so. tournaments, so we actually start up uh, tomorrow in Illinois. One stadium is open in Joliet. Shout out to Corey Herbert. He runs that stadium and the mayor. Oh, the hey, mayor Corey. Hey, Corey. Shout out to you, Corey. Hey, Dan, you, <laughs> I can't help that you don't recognize people when they need to be recognized. Um, so Joliet's opening. Only one professional stadium. They're playing They're playing youth travel games there. Um. A lot of protocols, obviously, but what were we talking about? See, I don't, I I don't know. You're talking about masks, like wearing oh, masks so in masks, summer baseball when it's 96 degrees out and you run the bases. Right. Like, give me a break. So masks are not required up there. Um, baseball started Memorial Day in Wisconsin, and I'm from the teams from Illinois that went. They were wearing masks. Wisconsin teams were not. Illinois teams were, and the the coaches for the Illinois teams said it was just. Like their kids were like red face. You could just see it red faced. It wasn't even that hot out Memorial Day weekend in, in the Midwest, but really red faced, like trying to keep the, like you almost had to have more people by the dugout, just keeping an eye on the kids. Like it just, there's no way to cool yourself. Like your, your face was, I mean, their, their noses were covered. Like when, even when I go into a store, I won't like, I'll just put it around my mouth. I'll breathe out my nose, which is probably not the way to wear a mask, but whatever. Um, they said it was just impossible to keep the kids like, like an eye on all the kids, which is part of the thing too. You're only supposed to have a certain amount of people by the dugout. So it, it's, it's more dangerous. You're just making it more dangerous as opposed to just letting the kids in open air, let them breathe, let the kids breathe. Yeah. I, I mean, it just doesn't, it's not realistic. It's just, it, you're going to have kids passing out for sure when it's hot. For sure, they're going to be just passing out on the field, and someone's going to die probably from it. It's not going to be good. I just can't, I can't imagine that that's going to be a good scenario. Well, and Amanda Smith, who was on our show last Friday, was talking about how there's a major tournament in Colorado for softball, and they're not letting kids steal because it's a high contact play. So, it's like so stupid. Just they just don't play then. You, you let's not change the game and make it ridiculous. And the mask thing. I mean, come on. You're, you're going to be around your teammates so much, like you're really not going to spread it if you have it. We just need to be okay with the implications of it or not. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's okay. I mean, again, like we've said it, it's okay if you're not okay with it, but yeah, like we can't, uh, we can't have 10 kids whose families are okay with them playing with no masks cater to the one or two families that are nervous about it. If you're nervous and you ha- then you can't be out there. 
Well, we get plexiglass shields for like the first baseman, so then you know you can't breathe on them as you're running by first. They base. should have to. They should have to wear the welder's masks, like a clear welder's mask, because then kids wouldn't even be afraid of ground balls. You just keep your face down, and boom. I might have a new training tool right now. That could be a new training tool for kids. Well, uh, actually, if you didn't get a really well-made face mask and it sh and it shattered on a ground ball, which cheap plexiglass could definitely do, you could lose your eyesight, be really messed up by it. Way you'd have to, to get like to put a you'd have to get like Oakley like Oakley actually for as expensive as their sunglasses are which they're not really that expensive anymore there's so many competitors in the same price range but Oakley sunglasses are actually really well tested to be like very strong ballistically uh, like if you take a I mean there was a story about Miguel Cabrera took like a bad hop to his eyeball and had his Oakleys on and those like those lenses pretty much won't shatter uh with something like less than like a like a like a bullet pretty much like they're very like well-made polycarbonate well, and they said that he, like he wasn't windshield, right yeah well, but but car polycarbonate like anything else comes in different flavors essentially like you can get polycarbonate that'll shatter or you know plexiglass whatever you call it but anyway he like they said it saved his eyesight because he took this like hard like line drive bad hop like right to his eye and without wearing his oakley's which the frames broke but the the lens like really spread out a lot of the force that probably saved his eyesight they said and uh so if you not that this is a real thing that's going to happen but if you had a whole team with like cheap big flat plastic face masks on and you did take one to your face and that polycarbonate shattered you could have plastic shards in your eyes and potentially like be really severely injured you'd have to make sure those things were really like shatterproof and and legit which that's honestly oh, not a bad idea, except you'd be hey. except you'd be breathing heavy into it and it'd be foggy as all get out. So it'd be a, it'd just be a, a training mess. tool. So it'd be a mess. Just a training tool, like Bob's Bob's face mask training tool. Take the fear out of ground balls. It's like wearing a cup. We need the we need the, the the deep sea scuba suits. Those huge copper things with like the, the metal grate. Kids run around <laughs> just like fall over. Cause Opens they're, and the they're like 40, 40 pounds on their head. That's what you have to have. I mean, obviously. But and you're yelling at the kid it just drowns out all the actual teaching. The kid can't hear a word you're saying. But he won't get hit in the face. So do we wanna do we wanna cover this topic that we're gonna talk about when coaches lie to you? Um We're a little no, bit, we're, we're, li we're a little bit on a deadline today, but uh we've let's had, we've had a, some good talk read. Let's do it for Friday. Um because it is an interesting topic. I mean, we've both been lied to or coaches are just wanna like sugarcoat the truth for you. And they're like hey, we're letting you go, and this is the reason. It's like, no, I know that's not true. No, you could just, like, be a man and tell me the real reason. Like, I know yeah, it. Tell I me. know it, but... We're not friends. Like, you're, you're the you're the organization. I'm the employee. Just tell me what's what's up. Yeah. So, um, so Robert, have Daniel. you gotten any new summer foods now that it's pretty much officially summer it's like 80 degrees pretty consistently here in dc it's probably only like 40 there in chicago but it was it's like watermelon it's, season now it's been hot hot in chicago like i've got quite the farmer's tan going the back of my neck is is typical midsummer baseball neck where you've got the ultra tan neck and then the when you take your shirt off you look ridiculous um Summer, it's it's iced coffee season. I'm drinking warm coffee today, but it's been iced coffee season for with chilled last week. Iced coffee with chilled milk? No, with room temperature milk. Almond milk in your coffee or oat milk if you have not tried it before. Oat milk. Soak in your put your milk or water in your old oats, drain it, put it in your coffee. Are you, are you bringing this up to agitate me? Do you know my stance on oat milk? Yes, I do. That's why I'm talking about it. Oat milk is the is the malort of the milk world. It is. It's Shout out to malort. Trash dumpster water. Oat milk is disgusting. Get out. I of like oat milk. That. I like oat milk. What's your favorite alternative milk? I don't drink alternative milks. I don't drink regular milk very much. I put creamer in my coffee because. So remember, when I was talking about the quality of my coffee. My how I yes. like drip. I like cheap drip coffee. Drip coffee. Yeah, well, like after a while, I was like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be like drinking coffee with creamer every morning. Not super healthy. And then I, I started trying to drink some black and I was like, uh, uh, this is not 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 great. So the Folgers that I've uh, bought is probably not super drinkable without um, some creamer in it. But uh, anyway, I 
where was I going with that? What did you just ask me? Your you've got a, your alternative uh, milk. No, you I don't. No alternative milk. I don't, walnut I, milk, almond milk. I don't drink milk. I'm a grown man. I don't need to drink milk like a baby. But if you had to, you need an alternative milk. You don't drink two percent. That stuff is just it's terrible for you. But We've talked. That's about a this. nonsensical milk question. You. you don't need to drink milk at any point. There's never a well, need I put to drink milk. milk. I put milk in my coffee, and it's almond milk. Or uh, my lattes, which which my... doesn't I've tried that it does not enhance your it just like you might as well leave it black all milk and coffee is gross it doesn't do anything no, 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 no see this is why this is why you're wrong all the time Dan you don't know good coffee you don't know milk you've got there's so many holes in your in your wide range of knowledge that's why I'm here here to let you know milk almond milk great in coffee for your cappuccinos your lattes you people out there Oat milk. Look, look I, I'll, I'll write a, I can write a book. I can write a book on this. So I'm, I'm an iced coffee summer guy. What's your, other than watermelon, but you've got some weird obsession with watermelon. I don't have an obsession. So, it's just great. Uh, it's watermelon's great. If you don't like watermelon, what, what I love kind of watermelon. person are you? I love watermelon. But watermelon's so inconvenient. Like the size and, and weight of watermelon. Like you I need will, your own I cart. Will, I will agree with you there because it has been a challenge. I have to like really plan my day out to go to the grocery store and, and hand carry a watermelon back because my closest it's grocery brutal. store is within like a 12 minute walk so i do have to plan it out i gotta have my reusable bag i have to have my little like carry handles which uh because like you wouldn't think about this but grocery actually the little grocery bags are fine the bigger grocery bags are the reusable ones if you're carrying them for 20 minutes and they're like actually kind of oh. full they like really hurt your hands they like really kind of slice into them so you i have these like carry, carry handles that are pretty sweet actually no, you need a you need a, like an old lady pull cart that from the walking around the neighborhood. You know a, what I'm a, talking about? A, a buggy? They call them buggies. Yes. <laughs> no. Like a little red wagon. Nah, I like carrying them. It's it's good exercise. Number one, like it actually is. I mean, because you only have like probably thirty pounds in a in a uh, reusable. No, you could probably have more than that. But I, I've had a pretty heavy grocery carry from a Costco trip that I made. It's actually really like really heavy, but. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd be yeah, watermelons are inconvenient. I will grant you that, but it doesn't. Is make that them. your only? That's your only summer. What, what are, you, are you like? A, are you like a soft no. serve cone guy? I do enjoy a good soft serve cone. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, there's so much good fruit and vegetable and vegetable out in the Vegetables. summer. But this is like prime fruit time. Blueberries are cheap and they're amazing right now. Pretty much a, a lot of the berries are peaches in the end of the summer, which. Right now, I got some peaches the other day, and they were trash. Which peaches are trash most of the year, but at the end peaches of the summer, they'll be for, great for three weeks. Three, three weeks. weeks. That's accurate. Cherries are in season, which cherries are great. Um, there's a lot of good stuff at, at, at summertime. So, yeah, I don't know. I need to get a package of hot dogs, make it feel like the ballpark. Go to my some rooftop be- grill. Some Vienna beef. I'll I'll ship some out to you. Uh, I can probably find them. I don't know. Well, but, yeah, let's save the but, the but, coaches but, line for Friday. Friday, I've lined up a guest for us. Um, who's that? Charles Bolden, the new head coach of the University of Eau Claire. Okay, very um, cool. He's got he's got an interesting backstory. I've known Charles for for a while, so we're gonna bring him on talk talk some baseball. You know, it's he's a new head, newly crowned head coach, newly hired head coach. So it'll be good, um, be good discussion. Kind of see how he, you know, he talks to players that he inherited, as well as trying to recruit new players. You know, being honest with them and everything like that. So I think it'd be good to get his perspective on, on how he treats, how he treats those kids that he basically was not forced upon, but you know, kids that he didn't end up recruiting himself. Okay, okay, okay. That sounds good. Uh, what are you going to send our listeners off with today? It's nine fifty nine. We're going to end exactly at ten o'clock. What do you What do you think? Well, I think shout out to our uh, unofficial sponsor, Jepson's Malort. Uh, we'll be sending it to all our guests via FedEx. Unofficial sponsor, FedEx. <laughs> By we, Bob, Bobby. <laughs> By we, it's me. Uh, yeah, this was good. This was a we hammered it home in an hour. Dan had a time frame on me today. I could obviously keep going. It's a busy week, seminars, all sorts of stuff. Uh, I have another podcast recording in an hour. Um, one of my my other shows, and uh, yeah, just a lot a lot going on right now. It's a 
the world is taking off, Bobbert. Bobbert. The, the Nasdaq hit an all-time high today. I saw it. We're the, coming back strong. The stock that I purchased recently is performing well. <laughs> one one share. One share of, one, of PepsiCo. One share of Cuisinart. Like people are going to be making Thanks. smoothies at home. No, I didn't want to buy Cuisinart, but. All right. Well, if you're out there on uh, podcast land, thank you for joining us. Be sure to leave us a review. Do it right now on iTunes or Spotify. Say, Dan is the best. Bobby is okay. I really like the show. Nobody um, would ever whatever, say that. Whatever, whatever your review is, just leave it. We appreciate it.